Our text for this morning's message will be in uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 8. And I want to talk this morning about uh, maybe some changes we ought to make in, in light of what's going on, and maybe some new patterns in life, maybe a new normal for us. Let's see what the Bible has to say in 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to read verse 8 down through verse 16. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 through verse 16, and the Bible says this, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful or tender-hearted. Be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life And see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Would you join me as we go to the Lord in prayer? Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to spread your word, to preach your word this morning. I ask that you please be with each one that is hearing this and watching it in whatever form they may come across it, Lord, that it would be a blessing and that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit through your word. You would remove the distractions, remove the things that might get in the way, Lord, and help us to be attentive and receptive to to the truth that is here, Lord, and I ask for your grace that I might simply speak what is true and nothing more. Watch over us now. Bless us in our time together. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I'm sure you've heard, I'm sure you've noticed, there's a lot of talk going around lately about a new normal. A new normal. You hear it everywhere. It's mentioned just about in every press conference. If one thing is for certain... We are promised that things will never be the same again. The old normal is gone. It's never going to return. And you absolutely must get used to and prepare for the new normal. Like it or not. Well, let me just say right from the get-go, if I'm completely honest, I don't like it. I don't like hearing about a new normal that everything's going to change. And my first reaction is a new normal says who? You? But that's what's being told to us, right? In fact, there's some terms I've come to not really like very much if I'm, if I'm just being honest. And some of those are social distancing. I don't like that term for what it implies and what it has done. Physical distancing, okay. But social distancing, I don't much like that. Or hashtag stay at home. 
I could go on with my own opinions about that. Or this term, the new normal. I don't like it as most mean it. Because what most people mean by that is it's a future that has us separated. It has us masked up and cordoned off and disconnected from one another. And leery, wary of one another. Are you infected? So, of course, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like guessing if it's okay to get too close to somebody or guessing if it's okay to shake somebody's hand. I don't know if you've ever done that little dance. You meet somebody and don't know what to do because you're so used to shaking someone's hand. Well, the new normal says no. So for, it, for whatever it's worth, in my own opinion, I reject that kind of a new normal. However... My opinions aside, however, this brings up some good thoughts, actually. It's caused me to think and to reflect on some, some things that we used to call normal. What it used to be like and how we used to live. Namely this, some patterns that were in our lives, some attitudes that were in our lives, some paths and actions, direction, focus. Things that were normal to us, and perhaps there needs to be a new normal where that is concerned. Perhaps there needs to be some changes, because the normal that has been so disrupted with all of this, well, it kind of had some bad things in it, if we were honest. It kind of had some things that needed to be changed. In fact, let's just get down to it. We were rather self-centered, weren't we? We were rather self-centered. I think if it's safe to say, our old normal used to be all about us. And we would just go about our day focused on us. What we had to do and what we needed to do and where we wanted to go. And all of that was primary. And in reality, everything else was kind of secondary. Everything else, even church and even God, revolved around the sun of self in our universe. Then COVID-19 comes along and throws a wrench in everything, and now everything is disrupted, and you hear it all the time. We just want to get back to normal. We just want to get back to the way things were. Well, do we really? Should we really? Or was the focus in all of what we used to call normal a little bit off? Let me just call to mind... um, Reminds you of who is receiving this letter as Peter writes it in, in the time that he does. He's writing this to persecuted Christians. People that are in danger of their lives being taken because of their faith. To profess Christ and to stand for biblical principles in the time that this is written meant certain death. Now listen, I am not saying that's the case with this current pandemic. No, not at all. But we are facing hardship, aren't we? In fact, the whole world is. And I say that simply to say this. The tendency is to be selfish even in that, even in the hard time. I mean, it's just our human nature. We're very much concerned with how this virus and this shutdown and all of that is affecting me. And the restrictions that are placed on me and what my family has to go through and get out of my way, that's my toilet paper. And in fact, let me tell you all the ways that I think this is wrong and what an inconvenience this has been for me. That's just a normal reaction, isn't it? 
Well, maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe there's some things that need to change. I mean, let me just ask a couple questions before we get into it. When was the last time any of us, I, I, don't, I hesitate in saying you, because listen, I, I'm a sinner saved by grace too, and I have things I need to work on. When's the last time we were really concerned? I mean, concerned about others. Really concerned about those within our own church or those without the church and those we live around and work with. When is the last time we really truly cared about others and their eternity? I also want to remind you in the same breath of the overarching theme of the instruction that Peter is given here. You can find it back in chapter uh, chapter 2 and verse 11 says this, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation or lifestyle honest among the Gentiles, that means the world, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Remember, we are strangers and pilgrims here on our way home, and we are to be a witness a, a shining light to the world around us so that people can see God in us, in our actions, in the things that we do. We are to be a witness here. Christianity is not an inward-focused thing. I don't know where people got that or where that started to creep into the church. This is not an inward-focused little social club. This is outward-focused. The message that we have is for the whole world. In fact, Jesus himself tells us, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature in the book of Mark. We are to preach the gospel. The message of the gospel is for the world. The message of the church and the fellowship that we have is for the whole world. And what I am simply saying is what used to be normal perhaps fell short of that. And with this pandemic and with this stay-at-home order and the situation that we find ourselves in, maybe our eyes need to be opened a little bit to some of that. And that what we all long for and what we all want to go back to maybe in some ways wasn't all that good. In fact, if you've spent any time thinking, maybe you see that, hey, I missed some opportunities. I, I took some things for granted. Maybe even today you're living in, in regret because you didn't see some things and you missed some chances, chances to, to share the gospel. Maybe we didn't see those opportunities or maybe, listen, maybe we just didn't care enough because we were too busy with us, too caught up in our normal. What I want to let you know this morning is now is a time that we can change that. We can change that right here and right now. Yes, even in the middle of this hardship and all of the uncertainty and all of the opinions that are floating around, we can begin to establish a new normal for our lives. One that is more biblical, one that is more Christ-centered and Christ-glorifying, Christ-portraying, Christ-proclaiming. Perhaps there are some things now that should become part of a new normal for you and for me. So I want to look at some very basic principles this morning, pretty simple things, just a, a few things I want to put before you that you can think on and consider in your own heart and let the Spirit lead and make the changes as you see fit. So let's see what, what it says here in our text in 1 Peter chapter 3. 
And the first thing I'd like you to notice is that we ought to be compassionate and tender-hearted. We ought to be compassionate and tender-hearted. Look, if you would, in verse 8. The Bible says, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful, be courteous, be tender-hearted, be courteous. Now we understand who this is written to. This is Peter instructing the church and how they ought to treat one another. There ought to be within the body of Christ this unity that we are unified to spread the gospel. We are unified to glorify our Lord and Savior as we worship together and to, to stand on biblical principles and to, to, to align our lives with what the Bible says. We ought to be in one mind of that. He also says we ought to be compassionate, feeling the same things together. If you, under, if you study the Word and understand, it's, it's feeling somebody else's passions or somebody else's troubles or somebody else's joy. Having your experience, your whether it's hardship or your joy, within my own heart and feeling that together, feeling uh, the same thing together, compassionate. He says we ought to also love, and that, that word is agape, to love together as brethren and to be tender-hearted. My heart ought to hurt for your hurt. My heart ought to rejoice, as Romans chapter 12, I believe, it says, rejoice when others rejoice and weep when others weep. We are connected. We are, we are unified in that way. It's pretty easy to have that, honestly, on a Sunday when we're all here. When we're gathered together and we're singing praises and saying amen to a sermon and then standing around together, well, sometimes we do that for hours in fellowship. That's easy to do that on a Sunday. But what about the rest of the time? I mean, is that the only time on a Sunday or Sunday afternoon or a Wednesday when we're the church? What about the rest of the time? I think it's pretty safe to say we probably drifted away from that. And it just became normal. Across the board, something like this was probably the case. We'd, we'd come to church and we'd worship together and then we'd leave and, and then we'd get wrapped up in our own lives. We got work and the long hours that we worked together and... Um, our own families, our own jobs, our own schedules that were probably pretty packed full and baseball, softball, sports, whatever may be, and grocery shopping. We have all these things and our schedules are packed so full and we're running around trying to get all of this stuff done, trying to fit in homework and some sort of family time in the mix. And then when weekends roll around, you either got games and, and stuff or you're trying to just simply relax and it became very self-focused. Always doing something. Always busy. Listen now. In many ways, isolated from one another. The stay-at-home order didn't have to do that. In many ways, we were already isolated from one another. It's not that the love wasn't there. No, it's not that we didn't love each other. No. But it kind of fell into one of those Sunday-Wednesday things when we really connected. And we would enjoy the company when we were around each other. But other than that, well, we're pretty wrapped up in our own lives, aren't we? And it was 
normal. I mean, did we even really know what each was going through? Did we even take the time to stop and connect with one another? Are we even doing that now? Because we've got so wrapped in, or wrapped up in what we thought was normal. And now that we find ourselves in this situation, maybe perspective has changed a little bit. Some of us have lost our job. Some have suffered loss in this time. Some are facing financial hardship. And we're not allowed to meet here. So we can't give that face-to-face comfort. We can't give each other that hug and that warm embrace and encouragement that we need. Right now we're separated. But listen, we shouldn't be isolated. We might be separated, but we shouldn't be isolated. In fact, we should be all the more full of love and compassion and tender hearts. In this time, and going forward, by the way, in this time, we should be reaching out to one another. Make a phone call. Hey, brother, how you doing? Hey, sister, how you doing? How you hanging in there? Is there anything that I can help with? Do you need to vent? Do you need to get rid of some frustration? I'm here. Are we making those phone calls? Are we checking in? Are we having compassion? You might be doing fine. Others are not. Things might not have changed all that much. For some, their world is totally upside down. Are we checking on each other? Are we feeling the pain and the burdens of our brethren? Tender in heart to to what each one is facing? Are you praying for your brothers and sisters in your church? And I don't mean that crackerjack prayer, be with all the needs. Sometimes we get to do that, right? Lord, be with everyone in the church. What do you mean be with? How about we pray fervently and we pray specifically. Lord, help brother so-and-so. Help this that he's going through work in his life. Help sister so-and-so. Whatever it may be. But praying fervently and specifically and lifting each other up before the Lord. That's compassion. That's a tender heart. That's being unified as the body of Christ here. Are we on each other's hearts and minds throughout the week and not just when we see each other? That should become normal. That should become normal. You know, beloved, this has caused me to to realize how much I love this church. How much I love each one, each and every one of you who are members here. And I miss all of you terribly. And it's caused me to see how much we need the connection that we have here. Not just on Sunday or a Wednesday, but every day. We're family. I could, I personally can't spend much time away from my family. Eight hours a day at work is, <laughs> is pushing it for me, if I'm really honest. I like to be home. I like to be in my house, around my family, or even if we're out running around doing things, I like to be around my family. And that feeling is the same with my church. I don't like just connecting on a Sunday or a Wednesday. I like the phone calls. I like the texts. I like the fact that we communicate over the group chat. I like seeing and being in, in your homes. I like being around my family. And that's what we are here. 
And what should become normal is not separation and isolation, but more of a connection, more of a unification of faith Baptist. And I've seen that up and down the state in our own churches. I've seen more Zoom meetings with people than ever before. Up and down the state, the ladies' cooking classes. And by the way, Sister Ashley Barnum, amen. I've ate some wonderful things because of the work that you are doing. But I see the the ladies connecting and and cooking together. I I am involved in pastor-preacher meetings that happen up and down the state when sometimes we might only talk on the phone or see each other a couple times a year. I'm seeing it happen with the young people. Connecting in ways as the larger church of God that we did not before. I don't think that should stop because restrictions are lifted. No, I think it should, be, it should continue. That should become normal because we need each other's fellowship. Whether it's here in this local body or fellowship with other local bodies, I think it's a wonderful thing. I don't think the phone calls and the texts and the sharing our struggles or the joys should stop. I think they should continue. The old normal and its self-centered focus needs to go. And what should become normal is having a tender heart of compassion for one another. That needs to be normal. And let me say this, not just for one another, for the world. A compassionate, tender heart for the world. Listen, there's a lot of things we can give our society right now, as a church, even as individuals. We can try to talk sense to them. We can try to straighten them out as we view things. But I think what they need right now is our compassion. What society needs is our compassion and our tender hearts. I know where I stand with all that's going on, with all the media, with all the numbers, with everything that's happening. I know where I stand and what I am convinced on, and that could be very different, very opposite from other people. We could be on two opposite ends of the spectrum. And it can become very easy for me to dismiss the other, to dismiss their feelings, dismiss their opinions of somebody else who doesn't feel the same, That's not compassion. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you have stopped to consider what they may be feeling? When's the last time we have had compassion to them? In the past, it may have been normal, and it may even be normal for now to brush it off and to to fire back with something else. They just don't understand or fill in a blank with whatever we may say in response. But have you placed yourself in in somebody's shoes who is in fear of catching this virus? That if they do catch it, it means certain health problems and the very real possibility of death. Because that is true for some people. Have you placed yourself in their shoes? To understand the fear that they may feel because that is the reality for them? And that the way that they might view us who are healthy and not really that concerned with it? Now understand, compassion and understanding needs to be on both sides, but let it start with us. When's the last time we have had compassion in that way? And it needs to start with us because we are the light of the world, are we not? 
They may see our good works and glorify God. You are the light of the world, the Bible says. Have we stopped to be compassionate and tenderhearted in that way? Because you realize doing so may open a door. It may open a door to speak the peace of God to them, to share the gospel, the promises of the Bible to them. But it's going to start with compassion. Just because somebody doesn't agree with you or is diametrically opposed to you, does that mean we shut them off and have a hard heart towards them? No. We are to have compassion and a tender heart. One that wants to reach out to them, to meet them where they're at in their situation so that we might find a way to share Christ with them. That needs to become normal. Listen, we come across people from all different walks of life and all different experiences. And we've got to understand with the gospel, we cannot take a one-size-fits-all one approach. Now, the message doesn't change, no. But how we communicate that may have to change depending on somebody's life. You can see Christ in the way that he deals with, oh, Nicodemus as opposed to the way that he deals with the woman at the well. The message is the same, but his approach is different. He stops and he listens and he understands with a tender heart where those people are at in their lives. And you know what, beloved? We need to do the same. And if we are those with compassionate and tender hearts, it might open a door to preach the gospel. So let the new normal for us include a compassionate, tender heart. Let's look at the second instruction. Not only should we be compassionate and tenderhearted, but we should be peaceful. Peaceful. Look in verse 9. Let's read verse 9 down through verse 11. 1 Peter 3, 9 through 11. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue or pursue it. Let him seek peace. Now listen, it's very easy to return bad for bad. It's easy to return hostile speech for hostile speech. And yes, I understand that is so prevalent in the world. There is so much pent-up frustration. Uh, there's so much fear that grips people's hearts and the situations that they are facing. And it makes people on edge. It makes them snappy and defensive. Just post your opinion, whatever it may be, on Facebook and watch the whole thing explode with mean, nasty speech. I've seen things read things in people's comments that just floor me. How could you say that? How could you be so mean and nasty? And I, I understand people are frustrated and they're, they're venting and, and, and they've got all this going on inside them. And, and it's very easy to, to spit out venom in many ways. But how should we respond when that happens? Should we be mean and nasty in return? Looking down our nose because somebody doesn't feel the same way with a reviling or berating, critical, scornful response? Oh, you! I feel so sorry for you. You're just fill in the blank. Is that how we should respond? No. We should respond with grace 
Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, what does it say? Blessing. We should respond with a blessing. And it says in verse 11, seeking peace. Seeking peace. Because if we, if we respond in the same way, how is that a witness? You know, the Bible tells us um, a soft answer turns away wrath and that our speech should always be seasoned with grace because it's a witness. And if we're saying the same things and having the same attitude, how is that a witness? We've been called to be a blessing, haven't we? What does it say in verse 9? Contrary wise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called. We are called to respond with a blessing so that we might receive a blessing from God. We're not returning that kind of behavior. We're to be a living example, remember, of the hope that lives within us. And people should hear that hope, yes, even when we speak. Not only feel it in the way that we treat them compassionately and with a tender heart, but even how we respond to them in a way that seeks peace, in a way that pursues peace. So instead of arguing, perhaps we should listen. Hear them out. Instead of blasting somebody, maybe we should discuss. Instead of joining in on getting all riled up and getting the mob with pitchforks and, and torches, maybe we ought to have a peaceful, graceful attitude. That may not be normal for us. Perhaps it's time to change that. Maybe it's time to look for ways to be a blessing to those around us. Maybe it's time to start looking for ways to be a blessing to those around us. Listen close, rather than looking for the blessings. Because I'm pretty sure that probably used to be normal too. Looking for the blessings, whatever we perceive those to be. Have we spent more time chasing money and stuff and experience rather than looking for ways to care for others, to be a blessing to them, to bring the peace of God to them? Have we been more concerned with a bank account than people's eternal destiny? That was probably normal. That needs to change. Whether it be brothers and sisters in Christ or those around us, we need to seek peace and seek to be a blessing. And now more than ever, listen, we are afforded so many opportunities these days to reach out, to to show compassion, to show peace, to be a blessing. There's people who are scared and there's people who can't get out. And there are opportunities to bring peace to them. If we look up, if we look up for crying out loud, if we look beside the walls or outside the walls that we have put up, if we step outside of our selfish attitude, yeah, everybody's got it hard right now. And there are people that need the grace of God that you and I know. If we look up, we'll find there are so many ways that we can be a blessing and spread peace in this pandemic. And it might take stepping outside of the normal. That's fine. It's time to change it. It's time for a new normal. We ought to seek peace with those around us. We ought to seek peace with the relationships in our lives. Of course, within the church. I mean, that's who he's writing to. We ought to pursue peace. And If you've been holding on to something in your heart and 
and it's toward a brother or sister in Christ, man, let it go. Get it out. Call that brother. Call that sister. Don't go on living in that. Take the time now that we have and change that. Don't, don't continue in that toxic feeling or that toxic attitude. Seek peace. Seek peace. It's not just with the church. We ought to seek peace and you know, with those in our own house. Why do I say that? That seems kind of like a right turn, doesn't it? No, it's not, because he just finished in the first part of chapter 3 giving instructions for a healthy marriage. And perhaps the normal has become, become something less than it should be in your marriage. Well, it's time to change that. Now is the time. Listen, you're around each other more nowadays than probably you were in, in previous months. That could be wonderful. For me, it's wonderful. I love it. I'm spending more time at home and we're, we're not so busy rushing around, so we're playing games and we're outside together. For me, it's awesome. Maybe for some of you, not so much. Maybe all it's done and this, all this time at home is kind of brings some problems out to the forefront. Don't ignore those. Don't try to fake it till you make it. That never works in anything. Anything. Don't fake it. Be real. A real Christian. A real husband. A real wife. Now's the time to change it. Now's the time to change the normal. The secret to marriage was stressed to me by my pastor and my pastor's wife before my wife and I got married. It was very simple, straight out of Scripture, and it's something we hold to. Ephesians 5.33 says this, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence or respect her husband. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. There's no clearer and more simpler uh, instruction to a healthy, happy marriage because that's what we need. And I know times are stressful right now. Husbands are working hard to provide. Maybe they're worried about keeping their job or maybe their hours have grown longer and they're, they're trying to do what they can or maybe they've lost their job and there's stress about getting another job. That stress can certainly affect the relationship. It can be brought home. The best thing you can do, wife, is support him. Hold him up. Pray for him. Let him know that you're praying for him and that you're behind him. Even if that's not the normal for you. And husband, you need to understand the wife, your wife is under more stress now than she has been too. The kids are now home all day. There's not like a break at school. They're home all day and she's having to maybe oversee schooling and maybe she's working too and she's working from home. And all of this now is in the mix along with dinner and shopping and I don't know how you split that in your household. That's up to you. But all that's going on now and she's feeling it too. Tell her that you love her. And that you are proud of her. And even look to help out where you can. To maybe take some of that burden. Even if that is not normal. Seek peace. Seek to be a blessing to your spouse. Don't pick at each other. That can be easy now. With all the frustration that's going on, you can start picking at each other. And look, look, I, you're at home all day. Why didn't you clean the house? Or you're gone all day. Why couldn't you go pick up something at the store? You know how it goes. We all know how it goes. Don't do that. Don't look for every failure. Pursue peace in your house. 
Let me just say to those who are tuning in who are single parents, God bless you. You are a super mom. You are a super dad. You're doing all of the jobs in one. You are strong, and may God continue to give you the strength, and I praise you and honor you for the job that you are doing. But seek peace in your own household. Not just in the world, not just within the body, but even in your own relationships. Verse 10 is one that stands out to me. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and lips that they speak no guile. And he says you do that by avoiding evil, doing good, seeking peace, and pursuing it. He that will love life and see good days. Yes, even in this situation that's hard for some of us and and it's kind of thrown things up in the mix. In fact, you understand this could be the time we discover that love of life and those good days now more than ever before. Because it's given us an opportunity to change, to change the normal cycle that we were caught up in and it's removed some of the distractions and some of the excuses. And we've learned what is really important in life, haven't we? So maybe it's time to change. Part of the new normal is being compassionate and tenderhearted, seeking peace and seeking to be a blessing. And finally, we'll close with this. We ought to be a witness. We ought to be a witness. Look in verse 12. 1 Peter 3 and 12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is within you, with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. I want you to notice something first that Peter touches on there in verse 12. And he says, the Lord, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. The Lord knows what we are going through and he hears our prayers. Every time we come to him, the king of heaven bends his ear to listen to his child. And he also knows on the same hand those who are evil. And I, I, I use that plain language that the Bible does because I believe much of what, what we see that is going on is far beyond political. It's far beyond power grabs or power, power gains. It's, it's a case of good versus evil and it's a spiritual battle. God knows. God knows. So we ought to let what is normal for us be a life that is bathed in and soaked with prayer. God hears. So lift your burdens up to Him. Verse 14 and verse through verse, four, through, verse 14 through verse 16 is what I want to close with just a couple thoughts. If we are compassionate, we are tender-hearted, and we are looking to be a blessing and seeking peace, there's two things that can be true of us. First one is we can have a good conscience before God. You see that in verse 16, having a good conscience. Verse 13, who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? Listen, if you're like me and you look back to your pattern of life, perhaps over the past few months before this all happened, the normal was not so good. There was a pattern of life and attitude that wasn't... uh, 
wasn't such a good witness, maybe. And maybe some of that weighs on your conscience. I know when I've messed up and said, said stuff that I shouldn't and I fly off the handle or whatever the case may be. I think you know that in your own life too and it weighs on your conscience, right? Oh man, why did I say that? How could I do that? And it gives a reason for people to look down on what we believe or to talk bad about that. I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. From now on, I want to live a life that doesn't give that opportunity. I want to be able, as Paul says in a couple places in Scripture, listen, I've lived with a good conscience. I've done my best. I, I want to say that for me. That somebody can't look at me and say, oh, you're a Christian? No, you know what I want them to say? I knew something was different about you. So the first thing we can have in, a, in our lives, if we seek these things and make this a new part of our life is we can have a good conscience. The second is we can be a witness. We can be ready to give an answer. I can answer that question why I am so peaceful, why I'm not as worried as some others may be, or why I act the way that I do, because I can tell you of the hope that is within me. We ought to be ready and willing to do that. We ought to be looking for those opportunities in conversation. And beloved, there are plenty in this current situation. There are people that are scared. There are people that are searching. Are we ready to give an answer? Don't waste the opportunities. Maybe in times past we've wasted the opportunities. We, didn't, we weren't as bold and clear with the gospel as we should have been. Well, you know what? You know the people in your life that need to hear the gospel that Jesus saves and that He gives us eternal life and eternal hope in heaven. Tell them. Be ready to give that answer. Always. Not just in the perfect setting. It says be ready always to give an answer to every man. Perhaps we need to be a little bit more vocal. Wouldn't it be wonderful if witnessing and sharing the gospel was like the normal thing for us? Some of us have subjects we love to talk about and I could talk to some I could talk all day about cars and some of you can talk all day about baseball or hunting or guns or whatever it may be whatever you really like in your in your own life there's subjects we can do that about wouldn't it be wonderful if it was Christ that we could talk to somebody all day about and to tell them in a in a way that is relatable that gives them hope too Perhaps it's time that becomes part of the new normal. Let me just end with this. Maybe all this is already normal for you. Praise God, keep at it, and pray for me because I need strength. But I'm, I'm willing to bet for most of us, it's probably not. We've probably got too wrapped up in other things, and what we've kind of laid out this morning is maybe a little far from normal. Well, it's time for a new normal. Time for a new normal. Time for a change. I, I know this may take some changing in our life, some rearranging of, of priorities within our heart, maybe a breaking up of some bitterness or a softening of a hard heart. We need to pray for that because it's so easy to keep going as we have been. We keep wanting to go back to the, to the old normal. You know what? It's time to change that. It's time to change that. It's time to establish a new normal for ourselves. And one that has nothing to do with masks 
or distance or whatever is being told us. It's one that has everything to do with proclaiming and displaying Christ in our lives. With our action, with our attitude, as we are compassionate and tender-hearted and peace-seeking, blessing-giving witnesses of that living hope that God has given us. And one that He wants all people to have. So what better time than now? What else would we wait for? What a better opportunity than to make those changes right now. It's time as it is, it is our vision for 2020. It's time for real Christianity. It's time for real Christianity. These are the times when it's put to test. And are we going to rise up to the challenge and meet it to be a witness in our life? Or are we going to go on bellyache and how much we don't like it? And waiting to get back to where it was all about us. Enough with that. Enough with that. It's time for a new normal. We can grow in this trial and we can emerge stronger and better and brighter. But that's up to you. I can't do that. Neither can you do it for me. That's up to to you and me and our own hearts. I can only set before you these things as the Lord has touched my heart with them and convicted my own heart. And you have to make that decision in your own heart. I pray this would simply be a time you take a look at your own life and decide that it's time for a new normal. I pray the message has been a help and a blessing to you. I pray that it would um, just cause you to think more clearly about some things and what the Lord is asking us to do. So again, If there's any questions, if there's any needs, please reach out, leave a comment, get a hold of me. Church, you have my number. I love you and I miss you. Looking forward to seeing you again. So why don't we close in prayer and then we'll be done. Father, I thank you for this day and this opportunity to stand and proclaim your word. Help us to see with spiritual eyes maybe some ways that we've failed in the past and ways that we got distracted and our focus was off. And Lord, there's an opportunity now that we can rearrange some things and make some some principles part of our life that should have been there in the first place. So give us the strength to do that. Give us the um, the courage to l- take a, a, a clear look at our life and admit, hey, I'm wrong here. I'm not doing this here. And Lord, by your Spirit, give us the power to, to change those things. Change us more and more into your image as you promise in scripture that people will see us that people will that people will see you in us people will hear you in us and that we can be the lighthouse and the light to the world that we should be so lord please help us as we seek to establish a new normal i ask for your continued guidance in all that is going on in your hand of direction i pray your blessings and your watch and care over all that hear this and that are watching this, Lord. And Lord, make the day come quick when we can be together again. I thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen.